It's time to heed the call of the wild and seek the higher calling. Higher Calling Gulf Coast is the inspirational voice of Gulf Coast fishing and conservation. Hosted by award-winning wildlife journalist, conservationist, and flounder revolutionary, Chester Moore. Be ready for a relentless pursuit of life, liberty, and the pursuit of fishing adventure. Welcome to Higher Calling Gulf Coast. This is Chester Moore. Continuing the Speckled Trout Saga. Yes, uh, 10 episodes on speckled trout in a month. It's typically like me to sort of overdo what I put out in content creation. Uh, But this is a good overdue. You can go binge on speckled trout. We have uh, three episodes up already. If you found this one, there's going to be a lot more coming up. And this is going to be sort of a personal one here because it's just going to be me talking. I'm going to talk secrets of Sabine area trout. Sabine Lake is the northernmost major bay system on the Gulf Coast. It's on the Louisiana border, right at Port Arthur, Sabine Pass area. And I'm talking about the Sabine area. I'm not just talking about Sabine Lake itself, but the river systems, the jetty systems, and the marsh surrounding that lake. And we're going to talk about tactics for catching trout that I have developed over the years, living here my entire life. Not only that, I started doing this career as a wildlife journalist when I was 19 years old, and I have literally talked to thousands of people about fishing Sabine Lake, and a lot of that was on trout. And so these are things from people that I've spoken with. These are personal observations that will help you produce more big trout on Sabine Lake. Sabine is a good big trout fishery. It is not as good on the upper end as you're going to find in Lower Laguna Madre, places like that, but in terms of what I consider to be where the big trout line starts at 20 inches, let's say 20 to 27 inches, Sabine can be as good as any fishery out there. We're going to talk about some of the strategies, including locations for catching big trout on the Sabine Lake ecosystem. The first thing I'm going to talk about is the seawall on Pleasure Island. Yes, the seawall on Pleasure Island it runs for you know a pretty good spell right there. It's in that little south um, western corner of Sabine Lake, and that area right there produces a lot of big fish in an early a.m. bite. You want to get out there on a good day, you know, probably about an hour before daylight, and you want to fish that till probably an hour or so after daylight. There can be a really really good run of bigger trout on that area. And what happens there is this. Um, if you have a southeasterly wind, it's blowing out of the southeast, um, some of that bait fish gets pushed into that area. And also because you have like the yacht basin at Pleasure Island, you have uh, some water that moves in and out through pipes from the intercoastal over toward the seawall area. You have a lot of exchange of bait fish and a lot of mullet concentrating these areas. Mullet is one of the keys of the bigger speckled trout in the Sabine area. It's not the only key. We're going to talk about another key here. But I believe the reason there are some bigger fish caught around this seawall area is because of the presence of mullet in that area and the water exchange that goes out of the yacht basin and also areas where water is exchanged from um, Pleasure Island over to the other side of the island from, excuse me, from 
the east side of the island to the west side of the island through pipes, a lot of water exchange, a lot of mullet in these areas. I noticed more mullet than a lot of other areas. So getting there early with a top water, a really good, loud top water, and fishing that thing even before daylight, right against the wall, right outside the wall, all the way down. What I like to do is get there and make parallel casts down the wall to cover the areas on the wall and adjacent to it and around any of those flow areas whether it's at the yacht basin, whether it's a couple little water exchanges that kind of extend out of that area. And this also would extend down into the south revetment area. I'll probably cover north revetment trout fish in a different program later this year, but there's some water exchanges down there as well on the northern part of the south revetment that can be pretty killer for catching bigger trout. You know, if you come around off the seawall area, you start getting down to the revetment around the RV park, um, that area is included in this as well. Um, that area right there can be really good early in the morning, throwing big topwaters for big trout. Um, another thing you can throw, of course, is maybe my all-time favorite trout bait. It's a gulp with a popping cork, a loud popping cork. Um, I use the Paradise Popper from, um, uh, it, it's been from probably back in 2005 I found this thing. It's bomber saltwater grade. And the thing about this particular Paradise Popper is it sounds like a trout feeding. When you, when you pop that thing a few times, it kind of sounds like a trout feeding at the surface, and I believe that's what draws the strikes of the bigger trout because the little trout will sometimes be prey for the bigger trout. So it's kind of like my friend Mark Davis at Big Water Adventures said when he was on Sabine Lake fishing this thing with me. It's like creating your own trout school. So something to think about there with that, creating your own trout school now another thing another area this is really radically overlooked and this was shown to me years ago by the late captain philip samuels who was a friend of mine current rips in the natchez river anywhere from port natchez park all the way down to the mouth of the lake right there at the stutes island area you'll get these current rips and they'll show up in the sabine river as well but for some reason <clears throat> these current rips lines of current where you'll have clear water on one side a little bit murkier on the other will hold really big trout. And the key is when you find these current rips and you find mullet, that tends to be, once, once again, mullet is surfacing as kind of a key thing here. And the way that Philip showed me to fish these spots was fishing it with a live finger mullet with this quarter-ounce split shot about 8 to 10 inches above it. Just let it drift out there in the current and you would pick up big fish. I think a lot of people are turned off to the idea of rivers, especially on the Sabine area, if you've never fished it and don't know intimately the ecosystem, because of freshwater flow. We're talking about in times of year when you have a mild freshwater flow. You can have some and it won't cause a problem. The trout will be both in the Natchez and the Sabine rivers. But if you fish from Port Natchez Park down south to the Stutes Island area, you'll find these current rips on those rips, where, you know, if you don't know what a current rip is, it's an area where you can see the current line. There's usually murkier water on one side, clearer on another. Sometimes it's clear, sometimes it's murky. You'll want an area where it's not too murky. You definitely want a clear side, at least one clear side of a current rip, and preferably both. And you want to fish right in that rip and let a mullet drift down that way. And it's, you could do, probably do the same thing with a live shrimp. But I've used mullet with Captain Philip Samuels. It works great, and i got to give him full credit, the late Captain Philip Samuels, for turning me on to that particular strategy, that particular technique, because it works really, really well for finding bigger fish 
in that Natchez River system. Okay, the wading flats. Now, this is really an interesting area of the lake. If you go to the northern tip of Pleasure Island, there's some wading flats there. There's also flats that extend out up toward Stutes Island, on the south side of Stutes Island. And a lot of this has been changed, and I, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you, I have not waded them since Hurricane Laura came through. Um, although we didn't get the full storm surge, there's some different things out there on that lake since Laura and Delta blew through. And depth and things like that can change. But these flats, that northern tier of the lake in the flats between the northern tip of Pleasure Island and let's just say the southern part of Stutes Island can be really killer for fishing for trout. And it can be year-round. And the person who took me first out there doing this was another, another guy that we unfortunately lost, the late Captain Daniel Pyle. And there are some really nice speckled trout in these areas. Um, the, the morning bite can be really good. But the evening bite, in my opinion, is probably your best shot there at catching big trout. If you don't mind fishing out in the evening there, there's something about that evening bite sometimes in the summer where the trout will really turn on right in that zone. And this is a place you can throw things like corkies. You can throw your big topwater plugs. I would recommend throwing a topwater plug to cover water because you can throw a topwater plug a long way. And then maybe, if you get a few bites, dissecting the spot you get bites and work over with something like a slow-sinking lure like a corky. Or, going back to my go-to rig, something you can throw a long way, a gulp or a soft plastic and a popping cork. And that can be, despite what you think, an incredible big trout. Get it right there. So... The wading flats on the north side of the lake. Now, there are bits of shell mixed in between these spots. You'll have to go learn those particular areas, but they can be really good. Water clarity can be an issue, and of course, in 2021, we've had so much rain. Um, water clarity is an issue everywhere, but when you find a little bit clearer water, in my opinion, when you find that water, you can see your lure down to be 8, 10 inches. That is probably going to be when you're going to find the bite there. If you go down there, you put your lure in the water, you can see it down a couple of inches, I would go somewhere else. A little bit clearer water, you're going to find fish. Of course, a higher tide is good. A tide that starts to drop water, outgoing tide, dropping water off that flat can be really killer. And uh, you got to realize this is really close to the intercoastal in the Natchez River. So you have deeper water where fish can trade between deeper and shallow water, and that's something you really want to think about. When you're thinking about access to bigger fish, they like access to deeper water a lot of times. They can trade in and out and those kind of things. Here's one that will definitely be another program, and this will probably happen later this year, the short rigs. This will require an entirely other program, but I cannot mention top Sabine Lake spots without going into the short rigs. The short rigs are the nearshore oil and gas platforms, and um, they are amazing in the summertime for catching speckled trout. You need sandy green water at least, even clearer water, and there are some huge trout out there. In my opinion, the chance to get the biggest trout is probably out there at the short rigs. I believe there are monster trouts out there no one ever messes with problem is finding a calm bay to do it and of course a lot of those rigs have been removed unfortunately if you go out and look at the end of the sabine jetties most of the rigs i used to fish are gone but all of the rigs within eye shot even the ones out 11 12 miles can hold trout 
but the ones closer to shore on that Louisiana side going toward Constance Beach, Pivato Beach and those areas in Louisiana are the ones most likely to hold speckled trout. And I'm telling you, there are some big trout out there. I've always fished them basically with plastics. A heavy jig head, half ounce to three-quarter ounce jig head, depending on current, bouncing on the bottom. Um, you know, you can fish it on a drop shot. Not a lot of people fish a drop shot. A drop shot can be really good on those areas. Uh, gulp is good, but my problem with gulp in the gulf is this. Everything hits it. So you get the sheep head that'll hit it. You get a lot of trash fish that'll hit it. But a soft plastic um, cocoho minnow, we used to call cocoho minnow, like swim bait type, uh, a shrimp imitation, a bigger shrimp imitation, or even rigging a DOA shrimp uh, on a jig head. It's a heavier jig because you're going to have to get down the current around those. can be absolutely killer. And I have found the key to finding the fish on the rig is don't get the idea the fish are going to be around the entire rig. Usually they won't. You want to find the spot on the spot. And the rig that we used to fish, it's no longer there, unfortunately, had a boat wreck on the southwestern corner. And that boat wreck is where most of the trout were caught. So think about when you go there, get your sonar, um, look down, side imaging, down imaging, what you got, whatever you got, and look. And when you find spots where you find fish, you mark those spots. And sometimes they're going to be trout, sometimes they're going to be other stuff. Matter of fact, the majority of the time, there'll probably be other stuff. You're going to find a pocket that'll be trout. Mark that spot, and probably most of the time that you're there, you're going to catch them on one particular spot, one particular leg of the rig, one particular wreck on the outside of it, a piling or whatever. These are some things to think about and consider. And they can be phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal for trout fishing. We're going to do another whole episode on this uh, later on, but I want to kind of whet your appetite for that and give you some areas to think about in the Sabine. The deep bayous. Um, you don't think of really, especially in the Texas market, trout in the bayous. But the bayous can be absolutely incredible for big speckled trout. Uh, if you go on Sabine Lake, Willow Bayou on south. Those are the deeper bayous in the lake. You have Willow. You have Johnson Bayou, which is really deep. You have Madam Johnson Bayou. You have Greens Bayou and the cuts of that that area, though that section of the lake, the southern tier of the lake, the bayous, can have phenomenal speckled trout fishing. Um, looking for the deep holes, looking for a lot of current flow. This time of year, you want to look for some of the bigger shad in those bayous and mullet. And what I like to do is go in really early, <clears throat> preferably launching in Louisiana on the Johnson Bayou side and going up. It's a lot safer run. If you have to run from uh, thunderstorms and stuff, you can run up the bayou into there. And a lot shorter run by boat. Um, and you can fish these bayou systems and get there early and be safe. Starting off with the topwater plug, working some of the bait pockets you're going to find, the drains in those areas. Another good thing to find is kind of slow dragging a big plastic. Uh, this is a great spot because you're fishing for either a shad bite or you're fishing for a mullet bite, some of your swim baits. DOA bait buster would be a really killer one in here. Any kind of what we used to call a co the cocoho minnow look and fish that on a jig head, <clears throat> excuse me, and fish it on the bottom there, drag it slow, you can pull up some really big trout in these areas. And you got to have tidal flow. If you have a dead tide, forget about it. You know, all saltwater fishing is tidal. 
I have found bayou saltwater fishing is even more tidal because what's happening, those fish are in there because the little drains and stuff are moving bait fish in and out on tides. So those are the areas to key on, but you got to have that magic tidal flow. And personally, I prefer an incoming tide to those areas. I have gotten a better bite on incoming tides in these areas than I do on outgoing tides. You can get a good bite on an outgoing tide, and it can be just fine. But in my opinion, in the bayou systems, up until fall, when you get the purge and you want those fish, those shrimp and stuff coming out of the marsh, I get a better bite on an incoming tide. That's just me in the Sabine area there. So something to keep in mind. It's been said that bonefish provide us practice. Tarpon provide us excitement. The permit provide us humility. But what can we provide them in return for so enriching our lives? Our support for the science behind the fight. Our support for Bonefish and Tarpon Trust. Please join us today at BTT.org. These species' well-being depends on it. Now, this is one that I haven't done in a while, but it can be killer. And that is finding the, the shell in the Sabine River and sort of following the Menhaden migration. So Menhaden or Shad, as we call them locally, will migrate up and down the Sabine River corridor, basically from the mouth of the lake all the way up to I-10 and back. From I-10 down, any spot where you find large concentrations of Menhaden can be really good for catching big trout. As a matter of fact, um, a guy named Sammy Hall, probably 20 years ago, turned me on to a strategy they call the cold shad technique, where they'll take some of those Menhaden shad, put them on a layer of ice, lay them on top, that way they don't get wet. Uh, just lay them on top of layers of ice and fish a, a dead shad. You can use live shad as well under a pop and cork or a free line, and fishing them along where you find the big concentrations of the shad and menhaden, literally moving up and down with the tides up through the Sabine River Corridor, out in front of the DuPont Outfall Canal, Burton's Ditch, uh, up toward Conway Bayou and those areas like that. And when the summer, and I would say this is probably going to happen more later in the summer, if we get a lot, if the rain chills out and the, and the water clears up and that, you start seeing more trout in that system. And there's going to be a migration of them. But I found the best bites are spots where you have some shell, like the outside edge of Cal Bayou, the outside edge of Burton's Ditch has a little shell, riprap, anywhere where you have a harder bottom and those mullet are coming through for whatever reason tend to find more of the bigger trout. And this is not going to be the spot where you're going to find your, you know, 29-inch trout, but a lot of 20-inch, 22, 23-inch trout, quality fish right there around the shell in the Sabine River, along with the mullet, I mean, excuse me, the shad, what I call the shad migration. It's, it's like a daily migration. They go up, they go down, and it's great for flounder too, by the way, which is a whole other show. But think about this. And a live shad or a fresh cold shad on a free line rig with a split shot or under a popping cork can be really, really killer. It's also a decent topwater bite. Uh, I've caught some nice ones on topwaters around the DuPont Outfall Canal area. That area has degraded in terms of fishery over the last few years, but it can still be good for topwater, especially early in the morning because you have the shell, you have the, you have the riprap, the water. Uh, when it pushes up against that, a lot of bait fish get in there. 
and uh, right in the mouth of the Port of Orange, some of those areas, there's some shell and riprap. Any hard bottom shell, I tend to find bigger fish during the summer period. But the bite is on when there's a lot of the shad in there. So just, I know that's a lot of stuff to jam into one thing. But that's a great area and a great thing to think about. Now, the final of the seven points I'm going to share on this particular podcast, the Higher Calling Gulf Coast, is the reef. The reef at Mesquite Point has historically been incredible during the spring because you have, when you have a lot of rainwater coming down the Sabine, the Nature's River, which we've had both this year, it tends to push a lot of the fish onto that reef because the reef is deep and salt water is, is heavier than fresh water. So you'll have uh, saltier water at the bottom and then the reef right there trades right out into the channel. So you have a point where fish can move in and out of the base system from the channel. And it can be killer drifting. Used to call it dredging the shell, and the lure used to be. And it still works. A culprit, a wild fire tiger-colored culprit worm on a quarter-ounce jig head drifting the reef, dredging the shell. You're going to lose a lot of jig heads. But you bump against that shell and stuff down there, and there's some big, big trout down there. Also great for fishing a popping cork with um, a, a soft plastic like that or a gulp under a longer, I would say, like a three feet. I'd fish it three to four feet down on like a seven and a half uh, foot long or maybe an eight if you have it, spinning rod a little bit deeper and catch big fish right in there, drift the reef with the current. I've heard, I haven't heard of anyone fishing the reef right now, but I'm going to be trying to fish the reef here really soon because I think right now there will be a reef bite, and there's always fish on that reef. It is the largest virgin, unharvested reef of oysters in America. And it's got huge reef. It's a big area. They've even put some other reefing a little bit north of it, close to there. But the main reef at Mesquite Point is killer. And I'm going to show you, I'm going to end with this with a, a tactic my dad stumbled on. Um, back in 1996 was the year I discovered fishing the reef. Um, and it was a great year. A lot of big fish caught there. Me and my dad went flounder fishing on the Louisiana shoreline at Willow Bayou. Didn't do good that morning, and we had bought live mud minnows. At the time, I was switching over to fishing mainly plastics, but we had live mud minnows as well. Caught a couple of fish, didn't do well. I said, Dad, let's go drift the reef. Well, my dad decides to drift the reef with one of the live mud minnows, thinking he might catch a flounder, because there are a lot of flounder on that reef as well. And we whacked, and I mean whacked, the trout on live mud minnows. And I've found over the years, if you're a live bait guy, live mud minnows on that reef can be insanely good for big speckled trout. I watched my dad miss, and I'm not exaggerating, the largest speckled trout I have ever seen inland. That means outside of the Gulf of Mexico. A legitimate, legitimate 10-pound fish. Monster, maybe bigger than that, but 10 at the minimum, drifting with a split shot, I think it was an eighth-ounce split shot, six to eight inches above a kale hook, trying to catch a flounder, and he missed the biggest trout I've ever seen inland. And we ended up catching a bunch of nice trout that day on the live mud minnows. Now, I like to fish plastics and lures, preferably in these areas, but the live mud minnows can be killer there, live shrimp. Start with plastics on the bottom, drift. You're going to lose some. That's okay. If you have a drift sock, it's great. Um, drift that reef, it's going to hold some fish. So this is just kind of to whet your appetite a little bit, continuing our Speckled Trout Saga series with seven tips from Chester Moore on fishing the Sabine area. 
You've been listening to Higher Calling Gulf Coast with award-winning wildlife journalist and conservationist, Chester Moore. Email him at chester at chestermoore.com. Check out his wildlife writings at highercalling.net and find him at dchestermoore on Instagram.